Okay, well, here we go. It's episode 28 of um, the podcast that you're safely listening to right now, which is Eat, Drink, Be Scary, uh, which, again, we're in a little odd format because we're uh, doing this remotely because we're going to – we're zooming in. And uh, with us, we have – you start, Ryan. Ryan. Wow, that was great. And Tom? <laughs> Tom! All right. Was that better? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Bill, and here we all are, online, safely from each other. We all can look. And at Tanya, you. I said Tanya. No, I didn't hear you. She said Tanya. Probably because, probably because Tom was yelling. No, she said it like four times. No, no. Nice. We, we all haven't seen each other face to face in over a month, and that's uh, why we're getting along so well. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at everybody, Ryan. You actually look the same. You look, you look good. You look well groomed. Yep. Uh, Tom, you look very, very good. You, you're. I would say you're in a slight need of a haircut. Like you're to the point where you should get your haircut. Am I right or wrong? Or are you happy with that? It's a, it's at the precipice. Yeah, I was gonna say like That's okay. I mean, I could stack it up as high as I want. No, no, it looks great. No, listen, listen. you look great. I just didn't know because I Thank know. You. I mean, like your hair at this point, you normally will be like, I got to get a haircut. I would say about two. You know, honestly, the I'm the guy who put off a haircut for like four months. So yeah, I've cut his hair when it was four months after it too long. It was horrible. Well, it's mm-hmm. bad, you know. All right, I go. I like the hobo look. Tony just looks beautiful. She just looks amazing. You're sweet and. Yeah, then you've got the, you've got like, the beard, which is good. I have the the Ted Kaczynski beard. I and I actually do very much in haircut, but my my beard is really long. I love the color. The mustache blows down right through yes. into the beard yeah. area. It's nice. It's gray. It's a very salt and peppery. But when it's I put like a commercial, it's so perfect. I feel like <laughs> I would came from a lost civilization, which, oh, whoa, that's so weird because that's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> lost Great segue. civilization. First, before we go into that, which we are going to. I want to talk about a news item that we just saw. In fact, I emailed it to you guys and then I do a little bit of research. And it's in England about the house that has the masturbating chimpanzee. And I emailed it to you guys. And I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on it, if you guys read it or think anything about it. That's a no. All right. So I did some research on this. Are you guys familiar with the whole, the whole concept is this Uh, 15th century the people that live in that house had a pet monkey and it would follow them around everywhere. And um, the story goes like this, that there was a, a girl who lived in the house and she wanted to commit suicide. She didn't want to see her commit suicide. So she went into a hidden room and killed herself. And what she didn't know was the monkey was in there too. By the way, I don't know how much the validity to this story other than this just the story they tell. And, um, then the uh, monkey died too. The woman killed herself. Nobody could find the monkey, and the monkey died. How did the monkey die? The, say, the monkey die, or did it just die in there because no one was in there to feed it? Yeah. So it, is this like the it, scary it, story it of the room of death? Things just go in there and die eventually. Well, it didn't die of like you know, like oh my god, I'm going to kill myself too. It just died because they didn't feed it. So the story being that now it swings around looking for a new owner. And it's to the point where the story started off because they were talking about a family who brought their kids there because this, the ape is supposed to swing from 
raftered or after touching itself. So basically it's known as the masturbating chimpanzee and a family brought their kids there, young kids there to see it. That's why they went. They're like, Oh, we want to see the masturbating. (laughs) Disney world kids. Then they asked like, did you see it? And they said, no, we didn't see it. They were very disappointed, which seems weird because you can see that the zoo all day long. You could. Right. Yeah. So it was a a, ghost probably doing that right now. But here's the thing that seemed extra interesting to me. I did a little bit more research on it, and I found out the very first episode of a show, which, by the way, is still on over and over, that Most Haunted show. You guys are familiar with Most Haunted? Yeah. The show mm-hmm. started in 2002. Their very first episode, this is a place called Athelhampton, and their very first episode was there, and they make reference to the monkey. So I figure, why? Well, I've only seen the show a few times. I don't really know a whole lot about it. Ryan is like, you're shaking your head a little bit. I know you probably have something to talk about with the show. I just think it's funny that the first episode they could find on something that's called most haunted is a masturbating gorilla. Well, they made very small reference to that, to the, to the monkey, but they did talk about it. But the interesting thing was this, they go to it and, and apparently there's like, they say there's like six ghosts that walk around there. And of course the monkey's the most famous. Why would it not be? But they bring in a paranormal psychic. And this is my favorite part. Dr. Doolittle? I don't know who he was. <laughs> he, st- he got possessed by the monkey. Ooh. He started doing monkey on it. I got to the very first episode. You mean he just started masturbating on TV? He didn't do that. I just did that. But then you know what he said? He- and this actually makes me really mad. It's like when somebody tells a different story about. He said, no, the monkey, uh, the monkey could have got out. The monkey just the guy. And then it's like, that's, you're killing the football of the monkey. I like the idea that the monkey, I don't want to see a suicidal masturbating monkey. I want to see the monkey that went through some shit. Anyway, uh, that story, I feel angry because that story was really, really old. But um, they just, somebody brought it back. And the only reason they brought it back is their kids went there and they were disappointed. It was like going to the and finding out Space Mountain was closed. And you're like, who sucks? Where's the masturbating goofy? So anyway. <laughs> That's that story about the masturbating. You know, and I, I did a little bit more research, and we should talk about it later, about other animals being haunted. or When people say, oh, there's stories of haunted elephants and haunted this and that. So, oh, I forgot to say. Masturbating ones. Well, yeah, but the guy spoke for the dog. On the, they had a dog there, and a dog was looking at something, and he said, the dog sees an, uh, the gorilla or the ape. And the person said, don't assume what my dog sees. And I actually, that's my favorite part of the show. It says, my dog, <laughs> my dog just saw your masturbating ape. <laughs> Don't you assume what my dog sees or its identification. assume that my dog sees a ghost. It could be seeing anything. So with that, I think we should talk, we should move on to the next thing, which is lost civilizations. And, and I think, uh, Tom, I think you should go first. Because you said you might have to Because it, it segues so well. <laughs> no, honestly, I want to talk about, like, a little bit what really, like, constitutes a civilization and losing a civilization. I mean, because you can really look back through history, and there's been a lot of different things that, I mean, you can constitute as a civilization that around for 500 years, some 1,000, some... 2500 so i mean like and they all downfall for different reasons political or whatever so it's kind of funny to look at it i mean we're honestly a civilization that could be looked at as almost on the end you know 
but uh, as an American well, civilization, all, I guess. All the definition for civilization is, is the stage of human social and cultural development an organization that is considered to be mostly advanced. So right. that, that could be anything. So, you so would, like they're the best of their time and they, they had a, a group essentially as a civilization. Yeah. So like you wouldn't say lost, like Neanderthals wouldn't be in that group. Is that what you're saying? Well, kind of. So I'm going to touch on that point. Um, so some of my favorites, uh, my favorite civilization, the favorite of a lot of people obviously is going to be probably Rome. Right, so oh, I think that's one of the top cool ones I'm in. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, well, we we live in pretty much the tail end of all Roman social culture. Like, a lot of what we live in comes from almost directly their politics, their culture. So it's significant because it's like our influence. Um, but I mean, they were only around for a couple hundred years, to be honest. And uh, there were like seven kings that started Rome and they overthrew them and then they set up a Senate. So then they ruled themselves. And uh, from Rome, you get some of the biggest people like Julius Caesar and Caesar Augustus. Man, they changed the calendar for these guys. I mean, we all live in a changed world because of them. So it's kind of hard to kind of top that. And then you can go by like they have their own... <clears throat> the Roman and the Greek mythology, but if you go by Roman mythology, it says that Rome was founded in like 753 BC by Romulus and Remus, the two brothers who were abandoned and found by a wolf. And then Romulus killed Remus and just named the city after Rome himself. So well, how, how much some of, that, of my favorite things. How much of that is folklore? What's up? How much of that is folklore and how much of that is? Well, the, the whole thing about the Romulus and the Remus thing, that's folklore. But like, so Rome what can be established is founded in like 550 AD though. So it's been around a while. Do you honestly believe that there was two brothers raised by wolves that then started Rome? You honestly believe? No, I mean, I think that that's probably mythology. Are you assuming that people can't be raised by wolves? Well, look at you. I mean, exactly. there are feral kids that have been like, that's news, I think, in the last 50 years. But I mean, you're, they're I, not going out and finding Rome. Yeah, Rome it's defining fact from fiction, though, in a sense that, you know, we can tell, we can look on paper and find out why Rome fell apart. But you can't sit yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they overexpanded. They overexpanded. And they got hungry. I mean, like, the problem is they went from, like, a republic to pretty much uh, back to a king, somebody who was self-interested. So, Tom, where are you finding the distinction between it being a lost civilization versus a fallen civilization? Well, th that's my question. So what cons constitutes lost? Lost meaning disappeared, like we have no evidence, or lost meaning like, I mean, like, how long ago did it disappear? I mean, Rome fell apart because it got overtaken by different civilizations, the Germans and mm -hmm. other things, because they just got spread out way too much. They got spread too thin. Pretty much what we're doing right now. But, uh, I mean, I, what, what constitutes a fallen one? That's what I was going to ask I would say that if someone, and research was Mesopotamia because well, there's fallen and there's lost. You can sit there and say follow the Roman Empire all day long. It's 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 in our it's in our our. I mean, we say all the yeah. time. But when you say things like we know by the the Roman, well, the, it's the close of a chapter on the civilization. But when you have other civilizations who just vanished, I think that's the where we, you know, there's the line there. Okay, well, like, and then there's. 
but if history is blurred there. So like the Mesopotamians, they're like the first civilization, right? So they're significant that way. You're talking about like 3,500 BC. Um, and for like 2,500 years, they were around. And then I think they were essentially morphed into the Babylonians and then were taken out by the Persians who were only around for like a thousand years anyway. So it's kind of crazy how this stuff works. And, and, and kind of, is, that, is that considered lost then since they were swept up and then swept up again within a couple thousand years, they're gone and they're around for 4,000 years. Well, I consider that lost. It's the same way as the whole you, culture gets lost. If you went to a casino and lost your money, you know how you lost it. If you were well, I mean, like, home and so, so it fell out of your pocket. Made, they made the first written language, cuneiform, right? It's like the first one, and we found it, and we have the Epic of Gilgamesh and all that stuff because it was written down in cuneiform in Mesopotamian, and we lost that as soon as they were taken over by the Persians. So, like, that's lost. That's lost culture. That's lost. I think what makes to me that's lost civilization, as opposed to absorbed or overtaken is typically a lost civilization is one that doesn't have a written history for any kind of reasons that has any kind well, of right. documentation. And so basically they would be a lost civilization is if they went away and you have no idea how or why, and it's all led well, up to they- what happened because a lot of in that case then empire, there's tons of, historical documentation that says this happened and then this happened and then this happened. So they, they weren't lost. They were destroyed. They were absorbed. They were overtaken. They were all of these things, but we know exactly what happened. How they went. Well, sure. But if you're going to classify it on history written and prehistory, then really the only things we can classify as lost civilizations are going to be what pre 2000 BC, which we have stuff like pretty much written history until then. Well, there's <laughs> everything before then supposition. I mean, so I actually was going to talk about and was worried about being too far fetched in bringing up things like the tunnels in Darren Kuyu, which haven't really been actually dated, but were inhabited up until about 500 years ago and could be up to 3000 years old. But there is no really written record of them and the people have disappeared. Now, those tunnels go down like five stories and they accommodate up to like 30,000 people and livestock. And that's just nuts. That's a uh, now city completely and why did they do that and who are they hiding from and that's all like lost history so to me that's lost civilization and then you look at like gobekli tepli man that's like ten thousand years old we don't even know how the hell that was there that's like a huge complex of stuff that's a civilization we don't even know anything about so to me, that's like the best lost civilization you're gonna get when you have a civilization that was lost just 500 years ago, 500 years ago it disappeared. We have no trace. No, We could trace back 500 years for us fairly easy. Uh, sure. For a civilization just to disappear, I mean, that I think is a perfect definition of a lost civilization because we don't know. It's not like they walked away. People have theories all day long on what happened to the Mayans, but I don't think anybody 100% knows. And well, the Mayans and the Incans have got to be like the newest lost civilizations then, right? Well, why well, I think the newest lost civilization would probably be the Roanoke, wouldn't it? Because that was, I mean, within our America's history. And Who? Roanoke. Roanoke, Virginia. Roanoke? Yeah. I mean, well, I guess that's a colony. It's not really a civilization, well, but I guess if you wanted to. 
But I mean, if if you want to break it down to something simple, what's the story of that? that then what's the story? Uh, of Roanoke, Virginia, they're settlers. They came here to colonize, so, and then they essentially disappeared by the second wave. The second coloners colonization came around; they were gone. I I looked it up earlier, and I don't have the story that I'm reading it off of. But there was a settlement in Roanoke, and uh, one of the men went back to England to get supplies, and that's when the war when a war broke out. And they basically were saying, okay, well, we're using all the ships. So they weren't, he wasn't able to sail back for three years. He finally made it back and there was absolutely no one to be found, no trace of anyone. And the there, only left was Croatoan. Yeah, there was food everywhere. There was supplies and the word Croatoan was carved into one of the trees. And they thought that they maybe had went around the Cape of Good Hope, but the weather was so bad they couldn't find them. And basically this entire colony of people had just disappeared. They had no idea where any of them went. I think the Native Americans killed them. I think that's what most of history has agreed on, isn't it? Well, Most of actual history agrees that they probably just were murdered. They were probably kidnapped and then taken someplace else because there was hardly any signs of struggle from what I remember. Um, in the camp or the colony itself. But that's pretty common, I think, for the Indians of that time were to abduct people. I think they had already suffered those kind of things where they were abducted and then held and then taken hostage for some other reason. There are warring tribes there. Yeah. I mean, there's one for you, the Anasazi. They were around for 1,500 years in North America, but, I mean, that we know what happened to them, more or less, right? They turned into the Indians of the area, and then we know what happened to them. So, I mean, you can't really say, like, they're like the mines of the Incans. To, to me, Roanoke wouldn't qualify as a civilization. Okay. Then like, I would think... When it comes to lost civilizations, everyone knows about Atlantis the most because it's the one that's been so publicized, right? That's why... Well, yeah. It's, it's a fiction, though, so... We don't know if it did or... Yeah, we don't know if it existed or not. The only thing that I know well, because... is, like... Go ahead. No, the problem is the accounts of Atlantis come from people who are, one, 2,500 or 3,000 years ago, and two, had as much fiction in their writing as they did facts. So we don't know which one it was. It could have been either. True. And the fact that every time they find a civilization that they have been lost to time, they always claim it to be Atlantis, right? Um, but then you've got places like Lemuria, which is the essentially the Atlantis of the Pacific Ocean, right? And they talked about, I know a few years ago, they found underwater pyramids and underwater structures off the coast of China, and everyone was thinking that they, it was, man, they, everyone thought that it was just natural seafloor until after they started exploring it, they found arches and gateways that were almost identical to the ones found by the Incas and and they're like, oh, well, there's got to be something to this then. And everyone thought that was Lemuria for the longest time. And one of the lore behind um, Lemuria is the Lemurian crystal and the fact that they were using quartz crystals as a way to store information from the gods or from each other. And scientists were saying, well, that would be really hard for them to do because – 
one, the crystals would have to be very old and they'd have to have a lot of um, force to do so. Well, when they were looking at these places in China, they found that the tectonic plates were really thick, the crusts were really thick, which means the gravitational pull was stronger there and thus maybe capable of creating these crystals, these Lemurian crystals, which is pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You go back and some of this stuff has solid roots and in history and some of it is you can't distinguish because it's so far we don't have any written history. said it's passed down. So how do you know? Like my favorite is the Nazca lines. Like the Nazca people, we don't know anything about them really or why they did that or what significance they have since they can only really be viewed from the space. I mean, like, there's all questions there. And that's a whole civilization that just pretty much vanished. Yeah, and what's interesting, too, is why were they doing it for people to see if above them if they didn't have a way to see them themselves? See themselves, right. And, and all of the man hours that would have went into that. And, I mean, and the thing is, we can say that they vanished, but, I mean, like, again, historians pretty much look back and say they died due to, like, climate change and, and the fact that their crops dried up. So, I mean, that's pretty solid evidence to say that's why a lot of these different civilizations died. Well, so, right. so it's either war or, or famine. So, I mean, like, why can't you say if we didn't know how they died, they can't be lost? There's a thought about that, though. At the same time, when people say, well, they're disappeared, well, did they just migrate and be absorbed into other civilizations? Because even if you'd want to talk about the Vikings, you know, nobody knows all these Viking civilizations and villages and things like that. They were just gone. And people say, well, you can't just go, well, I'm going to go visit, go back home, visit my Viking family. It's because they were just absorbed. And you know, they'll say one of the smartest things the Vikings ever did is just take over the world genetically. And well, right. But I mean, like, unless you have like documented genocide of a whole race, then I would think that most people would have just been absorbed into another culture at some point. Yeah, but could you say every one of the Incas just died, or did every one of the, they just be absorbed into other civilization? Oh, other civilizations. The Mesoamericans, right, and then into the Mexicans and Central Americans. You would think. I mean, that's what that's what they generally think. That's the logical progression of things. Well, here's something else that's interesting too. Is in 1909 they found the Egyptian artifacts in the Grand Canyon, right? You know, right. how are they? How are they getting there? You know, are people migrating that far? Are they? Was it? They used to say that Viking ships could go down the Missouri River, right? I mean, right. There's no. I really do think that we were a lot. Well, they found Viking ships all over the eastern coast now, haven't they? I believe so, but what I, what's interesting is I, I really do think that we were a lot more connected back then than we think that we were, because, you know, you have different cave paintings and petroglyphs and hieroglyphics all having the same imagery and symbolism on each, you know, them, and they're across the world, right? Something's either got to be appearing to both of them, or, you know, they're communicating in some way, and... Oh, Absolutely. Whether they were lost, like you said, or like if the Mayans are like, hey, this place has been ravaged by war, let's move someplace else and start over. You know, there's so many different concepts to what could have happened to all of these civilizations. Well, and that's why I think they, they bled into other civilizations because there's so much cross-contamination with culture that it's hard to ignore. 
And well, that's exactly it. You could watch the History Channel and just call it aliens all day long, but, you know, it had to. People migrate, and they walked many, many miles across <laughs> the, the U.S., the globe. But Anywhere is walking distance as long as you have the time. That's true, but the, I mean, the, the one that fascinates me, <laughs> when you have these South American civilizations that built these huge pyramid-sized and larger cities, and then they go, yeah, I'm out. Let's go see what's up north. Like, that's an interesting thing, and then just to abandon, abandon it. And, you know, I'm fascinated by a lot of those shows. I've been watching that show Time Team. I don't know if you guys see that. I, I, but they, they say, well, basically here was a huge castle, uh, a Roman castle, and they start digging into it. And, and, and then you find out that, like, why? Why was there this huge Roman civilization or, or civilization just wherever they were at, and everybody just walked away from it and left it? So that's the part that gets me the most. When you have people that just abandon a huge Mayan temple, because they're like, ah, this is old. Let's find something new. Well, that's a great question. Like, say, go back Lee Tapley. It was abandoned, but before it was abandoned, it was buried in sand and then preserved. So now that we find it, supposedly 10 or 12,000 years later, it's better preserved than some of the sites that have only been around for 1,500 years. So who in, the, who in the hell would have taken the time to bury it, and why? Like, these are the great questions. To me, that's why, like, lost civilization, some of them are super mysterious, and we don't have any definitive answers for them. Me, personally, because I like to think about progressions of things. Like, I like things like Roman Mesopotamia because I like to see how major civilizations that were like around and working fell apart because you want to see how things degrade because once it just disappeared, man, you can, like you said, you just label it as aliens or, you know, they were cousins of Bigfoot and he taught them how to do that because he's good at it. Well, maybe they just built these ancient structures and then abandoned them just to mess with people in the future. Like a, uh, <laughs> it's a movie set. Yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> you know, like, like a messed up time capsule. Right, because you know, if you had nothing other to do, come, uh, you could carve a aardvark into a rock and then bury it. I mean, who knows? When I was a kid, we used to go to the beach and we would get sticks and draw giant feet. Oh, yeah, on the beach. like huge foot, and then like you know, like a fifteen foot long footprint, and then we would do ten in a row, which is that's a pretty big commitment for like an eight year old. And we used to think that, like, man, when a plane would fly over it, they're going to think that a, a giant walked on this beach. They're gonna be, their mind's going to be blown. It's going to be amazing. And, you know, that for us was a big commitment. But I guess when you've got, like, a civilization of three, 4,000 people or 30,000, 50,000 people, and you're like, hey, let's do, I got a prank. Let's do this. This will be really, really cool. Maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they're all just a bunch of dicks. Maybe they should well, Over 250 years. Our great-great-grandkids are going to finish this joke. It's going to be great. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, you think how long it takes to, to have built a castle or a pyramid or things like that. that. There's commitment in that. If somebody goes like, I have this great idea, how long I'm getting bids for a pyramid. When I die, I'm going to be buried in it. A pyramid is going to show my, my grandeur, my, uh, how amazing I am. How long? And the lowest bid is going to be... Well, it's going to take about 200 years. You're like, oh, nah, I'm out. But those guys are like, no, do it. Go ahead and build it. Well, well, yeah, what else are they doing? I mean, like, here's the thing, though. That's the other thing that scares me. 
these are guys of commitment. Like these are civilizations of power and strength and commitment more so than pretty much any has today. I'd say we're looking like, at, we're saying our yeah. idols are like, Hey, that car took, you know, 15 minutes on the assembly line. I'm, I'm going to use that as my pyramid, <laughs> you know, but like, seriously, what, that, what's going to wipe us out, Bill? We pull out maybe three days dogs. for the, like the Mayans or three years. What? We pull out a box of corn dogs and we're like, I can cook these in the oven and they'd be really good, but they'll take 40 minutes. Or I can microwave well, them seven and they won't be as good. I'm going to go for the seven. That's what I'm saying. Well, and like the Mayans, maybe. Our civilization will be gone next. Because, and, we, and we'll have nothing to show for because we had no jokes to show. No one's going to come here 500 years after man is gone and go, what's this? Uh, <laughs> Homo sapiens really got us. They're like, no, we have nothing to show for it because we don't have the commitment they had. Well, at least well, they built something that was around to find. What What are they going to find in 500 years from us? Nothing. Oh, no, that's not styrofoam. true. We what put a we put a time capsule in the ground when I was in fifth grade. I'm sure someone will find. Yeah, it's great. With the to Daily to News from 1983, they're going to be so stoked. <laughs> if I was five, it would have been 1989. All right, so. Yeah. Yeah. But really, like, what have we built as a society now? Like, lost civilization for man will be nothing. In, in a thousand years, if we, if we were gone tomorrow, in 2,000 years, 5,000 years, you wouldn't find What are you going to find? My MySpace page. <laughs> <laughs> All your favorite boy bands. Here's, <laughs> here's an interesting question for you guys. Do you think in two or three or 5,000 years, whatever civilization exists is going to be an offshoot of us? here america like whatever we more merge into or do you think this civilization is going to end and there's going to be a new better something a new generation you know if you look at civilizations on a map over like three thousand years and it's a map that migrates showing how countries grow and this and that and move man it looks like just germs multiplying in, in a telescope it's a microscope it's crazy and i don't know if you think about I mean, us as a country, we're 200 years old. And it took a long right. time to build everything we had. Will we be there in another 200 years? I don't know. Well, if we keep going the way we're going, we're all going to be living in Waterworld, pissing the Mr. Coffee. You know, and that's going to be the issue. Is It depends on either we change now or we're forced to adapt. And if we're forced to adapt what are we adapting into, right? Breathing underwater. Well, that comes to another point too. Like what about all the cities and civilizations and pyramids that they are finding underwater that are not naturally occurring, that are man-made, that oh. they have no idea how the hell they got there. Right? Well, some of them are man-made. Like there have to, so that's the other lost civilizations is you have to talk about the fact that the ocean water has been, rising for thousands of years because you no, know, that's what i'm saying they, they, they're the finding... still melting it was all locked up right there was miles and miles of land that used to be castles and countries and all sorts of crap they got eaten up by ocean right but what and i'm saying documented is in the bible and everything else who built the pyramids over off of china that they're finding right mm. that's what i want to know we don't hear about it we also like talk about how Antarctica used to be green and lush and because of time and movement and tectonic plates, now it's covered in ice, right? What happens if that melts right. and they find a whole new civilization over there? Right? The problem is we... I, I, 
absolutely believe there's so much time in history, prehistory, like it's cyclical, man. I think that we've been advanced and knocked down a couple of times. Oh, I'm sure, right? There's channels right now that are opening up that used to be opening up, uh, uh, you know, thousands of years ago that they're finding boat wreckage, you know, the, as, as these things are. So these channels that used to be open up in, in Northern Europe are now suddenly in Northern Asia. They're like, oh, they're opening back up again. So it's got to be the, the flow, the ebb and flow of, well, now it's hot, now it's cold, now it's hot, now it's cold. So, you know, we know Ice Age exists, and we know that one's going to happen again. And we also know that it's going right. to go away. And, and, you know, a lot of it, we're just making it go faster because of man. But, you know, also we, we're very aware that terrain changes. So for us to assume that, like, an earthquake didn't just maybe – suck a city underwater, which is the whole thing with Atlantis. You know, that's, uh, we don't know. We don't know how this stuff works. You know, tomorrow, um, Yellowstone can explode. It could. Well, look at California. We could not have California and the rest of the West Coast if uh, that ever goes. Tomorrow this stuff can happen, and Yellowstone could be an ocean. It really could. It could just blow up us and parts of Oregon and, and fill in and just be filled with salt water. And one that's, day- what, that's what's interesting about all these lost civilizations is we have no idea who they are or what they did. Or, you know, we talk about Atlantis being real or fake. We have no idea because if we can't even identify the pyramids that we know exist underwater in China, then how are we going to identify something that we have no record of where it was even, you know, was. And that gives well, us years to learn from history and to learn. Right. From well, and we, we like to chase stuff like Atlantis. It's what keeps, it's the bait that keeps us swimming after the hook. But I mean, every time we come up with new stuff to try and label to Atlantis, it's just as interesting as the fantasy, man. Like Phoenicians, Minoans, both of those civilizations existed. Both of them were like right up Atlantis's alley, and they were both just as cool, just as rich, just as world traveled more than we ever imagined before we discovered them. So, like, the more we find out about these civilizations, the more we realize maybe we're the ones that are sitting on our asses. <laughs> like, it's everything except for our brain power that's gotten us where we are. Well, but you know, the other thing is when we say they're cooler, is that the folklore we're adding to them? You know, when we've got a civilization we find out was wiped out by a volcano because they live too close to it. And then later on we say, wow, this is a really advanced civilization. I think we're just adding to the folklore. Were they really? Well, well, yeah, but I mean, there's a naivety to it. Like, so all every, every year we're talking about more and more people getting skin cancer from the sun and how important it is to cover it up and how 30 years ago, like our parents brought butter on their arms to get more tan. Like it's just, and that's long ago. And so advanced like looking at these people going, Man, they live close to their star and they love it and they worship and they're idiots and it's killing them and they're I mean like it's my point. You've got to look back and realize that. Okay. We heard about a tenth of what you said because you're you were cutting out. But I think we got the gist of it. Nice. It sounded like you were talking <laughs> to a robot. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, but you know, so at the same time, yeah. You know, you know, life expectancy was going up. I don't think it is anymore. I think we've 
we've peaked and I think it's going to start going down. But, you know, you talk about, this is an interesting point. There was a great article that I read a while ago and I should actually pull it back up. But the odds of humanity ending now, I mean, basically today, being alive now, you, the odds are more than any other time. So why is that exactly? Is it just because, because every we day are... Humanity gets closer to ending. So the odds of you being alive right now is the, the odds of you outliving humanity are greater now than they were for your parents or, or right. are harder now. I mean, it's just like the odds of us outliving humanity are less now than they were for our parents because look how life has changed. Look how civilization has changed and look at how every day we're creating more of a monster. Dangers. Is that just because the more introduction of more dangers, do you think? Um, it's just like, Humanity one day will end. I feel that way. I'm very confident. Humanity will end. What's what's going to kill us? Us or like warfare or disease? Well, I mean, yeah. So so you look at it this. Whether if we if we lived off the, the idea that ignorance is bliss and we never tried to live anything other than than just being together. If we wanted to live as we did, like squirrels and trees. And we mate, we find each other, we run around, we get food. We would have lived on this planet until the sun burnt up. And that just would have happened. Like we would have just been fine. Or maybe another meteor hit and we didn't know. We, this is, so then there's, we're beyond ignorance is bliss. We're, we're now on this quest for whatever on the quest for, and now we're going to create our own demise. So we will not outlive what? nature destroying us. Well, I feel that we will destroy ourselves. Well, and we will not, no one will have time to write on a tree what happened. We won't have anything tangible other than computer files that are going to represent everything we've done. And it's not like a thousand years from now, someone's going to like be breaking into a stone and a CD is going to fall out. and They're going to go, oh, this is going to have all of humanity on it. We'll know what, le- what these people left. Actually, they'll, they'll be aliens. So they'll have it's, funny that you, it's funny that you say that because recently they have found a way to put large amounts of information on quartz like one inch by one inch squares and this is the future yeah there's like several 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 terabytes of information on this that's just it's just crazy how much information they can hold well that's great but but for us to take time i mean humanity can end like that you know you want to sit there and think back to when they first lit that particle accelerator accelerator and oh, and CERN? It. And they, yeah, and they said, uh, like, you guys can't do this because it could end humanity. And later on, when they reached, talked to all the scientists, they go, yeah, it could have. Like, we don't know. We just had, <laughs> we knew, we built it, and you know, was, we don't know what was going to happen, but we were so excited to turn it on to see what happened. It was worth all of humanity dying. And they turn it on and they go. It's like that in every microgenetic lab in the in the world, dude. Every time they manufacture anything like that, they're like, "Yeah, we probably won't kill everybody." Well, it's like in the I Am Legend movie, the doctor finds a way to cure cancer, and it turns out being something that turns everyone into these zombie things that is the end of the world, right? Mm-hmm. So, basically, what that means is. No one is doing their research, and we're just trying to jump to see where we land, and that's a huge problem. It's yeah, it's like the Jurassic Park thing. We were so excited to see that if we could do it, no, we didn't stop to think and ask if we should or if we could. We should, right? 
the life that we live right now. And that's why I think that that will be the end of our humanity. And, you know, we don't know. I'm so tired of all the, the freaking conspiracy theories behind the coronavirus and that it was created in a lab and we did it to ourselves. And now the media is trying to control us. So the politics trying to, politicians are trying to control us. But the reality is it, none of this was handled correctly. And it, we're not going to learn from it. In fact, if you want to sit there and say that we as human beings in society bonded and became better people from this and, and we did not, we actually became worse people. We actually became worse Absolutely. than we would have been in an election when our guy against your guy. We lost, we're, we, we handled this. It is now worse because of the but the other thing is we're we not, handled this note. Go ahead, Bill. Oh, we're not going to learn from it. We're nobody's going to learn from this. We're not going to be in a better situation from this. All that's going to happen. No, we haven't. We're repeating it right now. We're not handling this any differently than they handled the bubonic plague in England, man. Like there was half control, half panic. It kept spreading because of public fear and and government suppression. I mean, like this is exactly the same thing that we're, you're right. It's it's the same model we're not going to learn. And that's exactly why we're talking about the fall of civilizations. These are the things that cause them. And that's what I was talking about before. If we don't go back and like analyze what caused the fall of great civilizations and we know what went wrong with them because we can like pull Jenga pegs out of it. That's what's happening to our civilization right now. And if we don't see those things and, and stop them, we're going to be doing exactly the same model. And, and no longer do we live in a society where people would say the expression, the writing is, is on the wall because we don't write on the wall anymore. We now write on little pieces of data right. across the internet. And if society ended tomorrow and, and let's just say t there was a, t there was a terrible show that was on and I don't remember what it was called, but suddenly all the power went out. I think it was supposed to be a apocalyptic type lost show and all the power went out. And of course, everything was like, now we're all, we're all apocalyptic. We're now in the, I don't know. But anyway, the whole story would be if science, if, if we've lost all ability to pull up anything we've ever written digitally over the last couple decades, we have nothing to show for anything because we're not carving our, we're not writing things on paper anymore and we're not writing things, carving them on cave walls or, you know, painting them on anything else. Like these are, we have, we're, we're, when our civiliz civilization is gone, we're going to have nothing to show for it. Perfect example of that, Bill, is like we lost a huge part of early Hollywood, right, in fires. Anybody remember, anybody knows the history of that, like fires killed a lot of early Hollywood's uh, films, and we don't have a huge chunk of early American film and TV and things that we should have that are essentially our culture and where we began. And they don't exist anymore because of the way we – put them somewhere on a medium that doesn't exist that isn't going to be for time and it's exactly what you're saying Bill like, and it's already happening it's already happening and we don't remember where we came from that's the problem with our civilization is we're not building on anything solid anymore so that it's kind of hard to project where we're going we're also putting a lot of our resources into AI and robots and everything that we're trying to make life easier for everybody. But the problem is if we keep creating things that can do everything for us, eventually they're going to find a way to see us as irrelevant. And then that's going to be like 
dealing with our own self-demise because we'll have, I mean, they had that, I just watched a video a couple days ago where they made a, a robot that can run as fast as a, right? No, no, let's can outrun that shit. Like, like what's going to happen if it decides, Hey, I'm going to start biting people. Right. And it can run. That's so interesting. Yeah. That's the Isaac Asimov theory of our civilization exactly. then due to we're making gonna, AI. We're going to be like the VHS of humanity. We're just going to be a format. No one cares about anymore. And suddenly they'll keep a couple of us around. It'll be a bit of a joke. I agree. I think it's terrible. I think, and it was enough to kill the whole conversation. And I'm proud of myself. <laughs> I think that's going to be part of it. I really do. I think that, yeah, I think that our ability to adapt is so low because we haven't had to in so long that when it comes to a time where we need to, build civilization it's going to be almost impossible to do so well exactly man these other civilizations one thing they all had in common i mean you can say it's because they were based in a different time but they all crafted things they all had to pool resources they all had to work together to survive and that's something we are not doing anymore and we're growing apart from each other and we would rather stay isolated than work together or know our neighbors and so the the fundamental things that make a civilization work in the past don't really apply anymore. So the rules of the game kind of change. So it's kind of, it's kind of hard to say like we, we could end in 50 years because of social problems, or we could go another 200 or potentially thousand years. If something breaks, we end up coming on some new technology that makes things easier for us, you know, but it's, it's honestly, to me, it's the saddest thing is that we're giving up all of our responsibilities and that's what's going to kill us. We used to write sci-fi fiction about the future of this amazing, high-tech, futuristic, clean, sterile, amazing civilization. When sci-fi is written about the future now, it's this apocalyptic type. Everybody, you know, most 10% of humanity is still alive and they're all trying to kill each other. That's because people's eyes are now open to the way that we handle things. And it seems more and more, I mean, it's easier to say like, hey, do you think in a thousand years we're all going to have flying cars and we're all going to be, uh, you know, live for a hundred thousand years because science got together and everything and now we're great? Or are you going to think like, man, in a thousand years we're going to be living in huts again because we've destroyed everything and uh, we've, we're jerks and we're idiots? If we yeah. don't know how to build huts in a thousand years, it could be like that idiocracy movie where the guy is frozen he's like average intelligence and gets frozen and it wakes up so many years in the future and everyone else is retarded and he's just really really not intelligent and he seems like to be the most important or most intelligent person in the world and he doesn't know anything right. i mean it's the same concept are we getting smarter and and the fact that maybe we are but without with the same morality that we have that's the most dangerous thing if, if our if the fact, if our precaution matched our intelligence, we'd be fine. But the fact that nobody's patrolling us and trying to advance at such a high rate or such a fast rate, that's why we're going to be a lost civilization. The part that scares me about that is it doesn't matter how many geniuses we have amongst us anymore because the civilization is so great that 
And again, we've lost the whole idea about working together as a cohesive unit to further ourselves. When, when geniuses or big transitions or progressions happened in the past, people jumped on board and helped them move along. If there were somebody of super high IQ doing that anymore, I mean, yeah, you, there's tons of little like examples of people coming out of tiny little countries and changing the world. But on the whole, I think people with high IQs don't go notice, don't change the world, wouldn't have an avenue to be able to do it in the first place, wouldn't understand how to change anything about their own world. Like the, the world's changed so much that yeah, because like, the issue with that. <laughs> The issue with that is, is unless it's profitable, it's not important, right? Yes, exactly. So you, you could be a super genius and have ideas on how to save the world, but then look at Tesla. So did he, but because he didn't have the marketing or the concept to, you know, patent all of the stuff the way that he should have, you know, he, he got screwed over when it came to genius and concept understanding up until just recently. Yeah, unless and, you the intelligence and the greed, you're going to go nowhere. Yeah. So, so Tanya, I mean, what did you have for a place? Did you have a civilization? Uh, yeah. Um, the, the one kind of lost civilization that I had was the uh, Khmer Empire, or a lot of people probably recognize it as the Angkor Empire. And it's in what would be kind of modern-day Cambodia. And it's, it was uh, back in the like 11th and 13th centuries. It was the largest pre-industrial urban center in the world. And just in the capital city, they had close to 5 million people. And Wow. I think it's still the largest industrial, like our largest religious complex in the world, isn't it? Still? It is. It started in 802 and ended around in the 1400s. And what kind of makes it unique is it being as enormous as it was and really not that old. I mean, it was old, but not in some kind of terms. But there were no written records um, of, well, there were written records, but not of just kind of normal life. There were stone inscriptions. There's no paper written records. There's stone inscriptions that talk about like the political and religious things that the kings did or military marches or palace life or things in the market. But most of what we know about Angkor is from Chinese traders and travelers that went through. And it was an enormous, beautiful, beautiful civilization. They created these huge structures built for the gods and it being one of the biggest, most profitable empires of its time is, was abandoned. And there's not a definitive reason as to why. And they're not sure if it was taken over or if what happened. Some of the things that I found that speculated was there, they had one of the most advanced uh, water systems of the time. And like irrigation systems or what? Yeah, okay. irrigation. And, and they have to travel for irrigating and everything. And they, in building so much and so fast, they harvested a lot of trees in the areas to build their city. And then they went through a really, really bad drought, 
which caused famine. And then they had a flood, but since they had basically destroyed a lot of the ecosystem, all the trees that would have helped protect them from the flooding, it destroyed them. They still could have survived from it, but hmm. there's not a lot of sign that they were able to come back from that. So it, it's kind of fascinating that a civilization so massive kind of just fizzled away and they're not sure why. Well, do you think it was just like one cataclysm after another or do you think it was more on the lines of like what we've been talking about where they... Well, there's so many straws and then the camel's bag breaks, Ryan. Right, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there... It sounds like from what archaeologists and scientists and stuff think from looking at it, it kind of was, you know, one straw after the next, but they don't know what straw broke its back or when exactly. It, I mean, there was a demise because of the, because of the drought and the flood, but then it just, it seems like you'd be able to recover and rebuild and to have something so massive just be like, eh, well, fun while it lasted. <laughs> yeah, because the well, anger lot is beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Like, I mean, like, the stonework there is second to none. Yeah, and I mean, some of the pictures that they show, like, of the temples and stuff, where they have these insanely massive trees that have just taken over them, and the roots are just flowing over the fronts of the buildings. It's it's beautiful, and it's eerie, and just, it's fascinating that, one, it's kind of still stood the test of time, that even though there's no one there, it's still there, which can't really be saying less for most of what we have, as far as buildings go, because I feel like the drop of a hat, we can lose a building here. But um, it's it was just really kind of a fascinating location that still exists, and I mean, it exists, but it doesn't. It's almost like it's just its ghost, or its skeleton is just there, and we don't know what kind of life it actually had. Well, that's another interesting point, too, is they don't build things like they used to, right? Now, everything's about how fast can we do it, how cheap can we do it, versus back when they were building Anger Wat, they really put time into carving everything to make it, you know, sustainable and to make it live or just last for a very long time. You know, nowadays, they just don't care about that, which is another reason why I don't think that we'll have much to show for anything in, you know, 2,000 years because nothing's built to last that way anymore. You know, it's a funny thing for, when you find uh, an abandoned house. And I always think about this, like sometimes you drive, uh, buy, drive by an abandoned house and you have to think somebody one day was the last family that lived there and they go, yeah, no, let's just leave it. Like now people try and make things last as long as they can or they just tear it down. But for a house, if you're going by a house, you can tell that somebody in the 1800s or early 1900s just walked away from it and started all over so, that's the, and that's kind of maybe happened with civilizations too. They go, no, let's just start. Let's just start all over. Let's just go somewhere else. So there's, there are microcosms of that too. Like when I went and visited Ryan down in Missouri, it was the first time I'd experienced this, but you drive, Missouri is built of tiny towns that are kind of connected 
every 15 miles. So there's no real big cities except for a few. But all these towns are interwoven. And every now and then driving between those, between like Missouri and Illinois, you'll drive through and there will be half a town that's just completely abandoned and has been for 30 years. And it's due to, correct me if I'm wrong here, Brian, but there was like a big flood in the early 80s or mid 80s. 93 was a big Missouri, one. Yeah, Missouri like river ran over, flooded these houses out. And if you were to see them 15 years later, you'd be like, well, why did somebody walk out of that place? It looks just fine. And it may, it boggles your mind that like half a city block that looks perfect is just abandoned and has been for 25 years because that's just not how things work around here. But I mean, they got flooded and they left. It just didn't work. Like the Mayans, I think they had two or three seasons of famine and they must have left. I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot. Look at us. I mean, if, if the supply food chain broke down americans would freaking panic and leave where would we go or kill ourselves if, if, if the, i don't know they clamor to go somewhere and do we just walk up to canada or go down to mexico you know it's like route 66 if i've driven portions of that and i've seen the abandoned buildings and you think that's a or you have uh what was the the, the great salton sea yeah that whole area California. where the salton sea where In they california yeah yeah, where they just basically, I mean, there's reason why the, the water turned bad and it's like dead fish. People still live there, but, you know, there was hundreds of thousands of uh, dollars worth of millions of dollars worth of businesses and, and homes that people just had to walk away from. So I understand in a situation like that, those are all like mostly vacation homes. So you have to think there's a reason why. If you walk to the Salton Sea, you're going to go, oh, I get it. It smells like sick, gross fish. The, the nothing ever is going to grow in this alkaline land, and these windstorms are going to almost kill me. But when you walk into the stand and these built these uh, you know Aztec and Incan Mayan whatever ruins, when you stand there and you go, why would they leave here? This is green and lush and great and beautiful. And, you know, where did the people go? Did they all die right here, or did they all just walk away? I got to um- yeah. The, I went to Chichen Itza when it, the, when it was, you could still climb to the very top of the, the biggest pyramid. Cool. They don't let you do that anymore. No. And I was very fortunate that I got to go up there, but it's, it was one of the insane things I'd ever seen in my life. Not just being up there, but I mean, it was, you know, you're on thousands of years of history and you look out and you're looking over at the top of the top of the treetops and that's all you can see in every direction you don't see other cities you don't see anything you just see forest for hundreds of miles and you just think like how is this spot here like, how did all of these this spot and build this civilization and then carve all these amazing things into all of these buildings it was it was Kind of Do you think they were just like, just another 10 feet, maybe we'll see something else. Damn it. Okay, another 10 feet, boys. Damn it. Well, it's like, now they use LIDAR, right? They they found this forest full of Mayan and, I think it was Mayan, like, temples and everything. They were just, they found like 65 new Mayan temples using LIDAR. Yeah. Which is just... Mm-hmm. Just sitting amazing. in the Amazon waiting, right? Yeah. Right. And, and that's the thing. So, the, the set... What's that? It's going to keep being found. I mean, the foliage grows so quickly there. It, it doesn't take that long for an abandoned civilization to be covered with, with trees and brush. And it's just, it's going to, well, happen. that's some fertile. That's, land. 
the saddest part about what we're talking about to me about all of it is when it boils down to we only can really talk about the civilizations that we know existed because they left something that we can all agree on like there was some letter there's some alphabet there was something they built and it's sad because we only talk about the ones that intrigue us like we talk about the howard hughes's of the millions of people like you know what i mean there were probably so many civilizations who existed at these same times who had significant things who did significant things who just possibly never built something or that built thing never existed or got wiped out by another civilization and we don't know anything about them and we know about the one who built something that happened to stand. It makes me want to go out and erect something in my backyard, to be honest. Something that's going to last 200 years. Plastic. <laughs> All styrofoam peanuts glued together. Make sure it's plastic and spam. If you built... It's going to be it's going to be an eight-foot bill. Yeah. That's it. Uh, I'm in. I'll model for it. I'm excited. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think that this is, I love the fact that, uh, Tom, your original take was what constitutes a lost civilization. And I think that was actually one of my favorite parts of the, the debate tonight. Because again, you could say mythology and biblically, and there's a lot of things that you can bring up that are folklore and fact. You can sit there all day long and talk about Atlantis, or you can talk about a Mayan, Mayan civilization that, that you know is gone because it's tangible and we can stand on it. And you could all day long have 75 things and every time somebody finds something in water, they go... I think it just found Atlantis and we don't know. So the other thing is why are they gone and how will we be looked upon when we are gone? Well, you have to look at the things that we have built as a civilization that were built to last there. I mean, we do have monuments that are going to stand the test of time. But well, they will, they won't. You've got a thing like if, if you have Mount Rushmore, but that in time is going to, well, fade away fade. It, you know, rock and rolls forever baby well I mean, but they'll, it'll it'll over time <laughs> where the sand will, will absolutely will, you know there's things that we have built that will stand the test of time there's things that won't there's that movie ai which is a terrible movie with Haley Jawsman, but it's not terrible it's just not great but no he ends up at the bottom of the ocean what's forever that? doesn't he end up at the bottom of the ocean forever and ever and ever well, I'm not gonna no spoilers, but <laughs> the the aliens come and find it. When but the flooded, there's only remnants of of, ten, of of parts of New York, and they find him, and I think they bring him back to life. But at this point, I think humanity is gone. Aliens have come, and you know, I still I know we always talk about this, but I still want to have the conversation of aliens coming here and the odds of it. You know, and I still think it's just never going to happen. But I have, you don't think any of these civilizations ended or started because of aliens? No, I think that there are life. There's other life on, a, on, on other planets, but for, uh, for it to be around at the same time we are and be able to actually visit our planet, it's so far off. And actually, you know, that just that video just got released uh, by uh, NASA. Or oh, the, the government. I... Yeah. But I mean, the, the, the whole concept of, you know, and that's the thing is like, 85 million years from now, humanity from another planet that played it smart may have the capability to come here. And they're not going to have any recollection of us being here. We'll have nothing to show. Even a million years from now, 
even half a million years from now, I don't think we're going to have anything to show. And I and we won't be here. This planet will be destroyed. And unless we are smart enough and have moved on to another civilization. Um, Mars, yeah. baby. Well, no, I think. <laughs> you know, and, and that's another thing. For another, Was there ever life on Mars? Well, we're going to colonize Mars. We're going to have colonies, and that starts a new civilization on does that constitute a new civilization on Mars? Well, there's, there's, sci- there's scientific. I did quotes for people listening. Proof that life, that the, the essence of life that was needed to start here on Earth originally originated from Mars. I mean, there's so many things that, you know, that it bounced off. And there's just, there's just too much talk to go into that right now. But the whole thing is if you want to talk about lost civilizations and, and you want to point at Mars, you know, one day we are going to be this dusty barren planet or we're going to be this completely lush planet with cockroaches that are you know 35 feet tall and doing really good things we don't know what's going to happen but what what will we what will we leave for people to understand what happened to man what happened to human beings where are they at what happened to modern day civilization that people are around in you know 2000 where are they now and what happened to them trump well, that's a whole other story. You know what I think our legacy will be? Space junk. No matter what stays here on Earth or what gets wiped out, man, that shit we put up there is going to stay up there. Yeah, and there's actually a really cool article that I just read that there's a guy who, especially during the quarantine, he's spending all his time trying to recommunicate with what's referred to as a zombie satellite. Are you, are you familiar with this? Mm. That's cool. No. It's referred to as a zombie satellite if it's no longer functional. But a lot of these things are still operating. They just aren't useful anymore. And there's this guy that gets on his ham radio and he has this huge antenna and he communicates and he finds these old languages and he con- con- he communicates with old zombie satellites and he actually helped NASA get in contact with one that was that would they lost contact with. And he said, no. Well, wasn't it back from the 70s or something? Yeah, it was one from the 70s. It's like Space Cowboys. Yeah, so he's going there and he's finding these old and I listened to the, transi- to the, the, the transmission. Really cool. It was really crazy, but he learned how to do it, and he learned how to communicate. So you're right. Space junk might be the way. Somebody might land on Mars one day and see some of the stuff that we left there. They might find the Pathfinder, and they go, well, this is cool. We'll land on the moon, but I think Earth will be too. What information's on there? That's in- that's interesting that that segued into that. I did not know that, and you're right. That could totally be what we leave behind. And, yeah, and it, whether it's on here or not, I don't know, but – you know, in a, in a few thousand years, we could either be a desert of giant ice ball or we could just be this lush land with cockroaches and spam and Tom's statue of me. Mm-hmm. Spam, <laughs> spam and styrofoam. We're gonna, model- if somebody can help me fund this, I'll start next week. When I model for this statue, do you want my shirt on or off? We'll leave that to public vote. Off. Okay, cool. All right. Well, well it, it depends. Do you want to scare the cockroaches away or not? <laughs> and what's the legacy we're leaving for the future? That's it. Like, oh my God, did these guys never work out? That's what happened to them. Does everyone have their nipples pierced? Yeah. <laughs> they wow, they're hairy like gorillas. They all died from muffin tops. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, I think that's it. I think we. Anybody, I don't know if anybody else has anything else to say, but I think we covered a lot of stuff. I, I think we. That was a good one. 
I, I think we did what we uh, often do. We ask ourselves more questions than we ended up intending to give answers to, which is really kind of interesting. Instead of just this cut and dry, we always do the yeah, but. And that's actually one of my favorite things about this podcast is the yeah, but. And then we go on. Well, I mean, like we talk about topics that we really can't definitively answer unless we want to talk. Like we want to sound like a bunch of blowhards. I think that inspiring thought is what, what else are we doing? I'm glad we're doing it this way. We're making something about it at least. Tom nodded. What's that? (laughs) 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 All right. Well, this is a really good one. And uh, after I hang up, don't, uh, I'm not going to edit this out. So anybody that listens to this, uh, just knows that I'm going to tell these guys not to hang up after I stop recording because I want to talk to them for a second. But uh, ignore that. And uh, cool. Thanks for listening. And uh, hey, uh, any topics for, for next week? Anything we should talk about or next time we do this? Whether it's in person or not? Curse places. Have we, we got any listener that? topics thrown at us? What's up? Curse places. We did? Huh. Do you ever listen to the show? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad luck to listen to your own show. It's like wearing your own band t-shirt. Yeah. Um, well, I dare you to go back to like episode two, three or four or something and listen to it and go, crap, I don't remember this. Like that happened. <laughs> I invite people to listen to the podcast and I tell them the audio gets better. Don't worry. <laughs> and then it gets worse and then it gets better. Every once in a while, uh, every once in a while Tom learns to how to talk into a microphone. And I don't bump the table or drag my soda across the table. or. <laughs> well, you know, we actually might be able to see each other very, very soon. So, uh, cool. All right. Well, be safe, guys. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And by the way, yeah, if you uh, subscribe and uh, a message, whatever, if you have an, something you guys want to talk about, let us know or if you have things you want to say. I, th- I think maybe we want, might want to just kind of – we haven't talked about ghosts for a while, so maybe we'll talk more about that. We'll Pick a specific thing. Circle back around. Yeah. Other than that, all right. uh, So thanks for listening. All right. Good night. Bye. Bye.